Every decision they make can have an effect on our lives. Well, I'm not a crook. We had to push and shove our way through a crowd of several hundred Vietnamese. My fellow Americans, I've said on several occasions that I wouldn't comment about the recent congressional hearings on the Iran-Contra matter. Skies over Baghdad have been illuminated. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Immediately there's speculation or cause for concern. This is the World Trade Center that was the center of a terrorist bombing. What difference at this point does it make? Protesters have now broken into the U.S. Capitol. This is Our Lives in Politics on the America Out Loud Network with your host Booker Scott and Lou Basada. Exactly what is the state of this country? How are things going? And specifically, how are they for you? We're dealing with record inflation. We've dealt with the highest gas prices in history. A southern border that has allowed 5 million immigrants to cross in just two years. The cartels are controlling the border, not the administration. As a result, 120,000 young Americans have died due to an overdose. And that's just in two years. The liberal socialist Democrats are entering us into the World Economic Forum's model of ESG, digital currency, wokeness, and green new energy. Oh, and by the way, they want you to eat some bugs along the way. Joe Biden recently gave his State of the Union address to Congress, and according to him, America has never been better. We know that nearly 60% of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck, paying their bills with credit cards and savings. You know what? This isn't the America we had, and it's not the America we were promised. When you pay attention to Joe Biden's speech and others recently, he rarely is coherent. He's mumbling, bumbling to go along with his stumbling up and down the stairs of Air Force One. And one thing he mentioned in the State of the Union was that collectively the oil giants made a record profit in 2022. And that made me do a little fact-checking on my own. Is Biden telling another lie, or is that the truth? Joining the program to help me understand this will be Matt Cody. He's the president and founder of the Oil and Gas Workers Association, and maybe he can make this make some sense. This hour is brought to you by 4Patriots.com. From seeds for your garden this spring to generators for your home, visit 4Patriots.com and use the promo code OUTLOUD at checkout. I'm Booker Scott, the host of Our Lives in Politics. Thanks so much for joining us here on the America Out Loud Network. And before I bring Matt into the conversation, I want to start with this clip from Biden's State of the Union address. Have you noticed Big Oil just reported his profits, record profits? Last year, they made $200 billion in the midst of a global energy crisis. I think it's outrageous. Why? They invested too little of that profit to increase domestic production. And when I talk to a couple of them, they say, we're afraid you're going to shut down all the oil wells and all the uh, oil refineries anyway, so why should we invest in them? I said, we're going to need oil for at least another decade. And that's going to exceed... And beyond that, we're going to need it. So there's President Biden talking about the oil and gas industry collectively making the most profit they've ever made in $200 billion in 2022. 
And now I think probably one of the best people I know that can talk about this would be the president and founder of the Oil and Gas Workers Association, Matt Cody. Matt, welcome to Our Lives in Politics. Always great to be on with, on with you. Thank you for having me on today. You're, you're welcome. And really, you know, it kind of burns me up. Biden said that in the State of the Union address. And of course, I rarely believe anything he says. So the first thing I do is go fact check him. And when I fact checked him, I found out that he was actually telling the truth on this one. $200 billion by the largest oil and gas companies in this country. That is their profit from 2022. And to me, this is a year that Americans were paying 5 6 and $7 a gallon for gasoline. And these companies are making that kind of profit. Matt, make it make sense. Well, and it's very easy to explain. This Biden administration's policies have created the problem. And then, of course, Joe Biden wants to blame the victims of the problem that his administration created for the problem his administration created. You know, a lot of people never think about all of the billions of dollars in losses that oil and gas operators take and would take if they were to invest, say, $10, $30 million in new wells in an administration with an energy secretary, Jennifer Granholm, who has multiple times floated the possible reimposition of the crude oil export ban. So if people are mad about you know, the profits, they have only Joe Biden's administration to blame. Help me understand it, though, because research and development is going to be part of a PL statement. So if, sure. that, if that's the case, you already have that baked in, and you're still making a $200 billion profit. I still find it hard to believe that anybody other than 6 and $7 gas is to be the blame for $200 billion in profit. What, what am I missing? Well, when you look at all of the money that could be invested right now in new production, especially here in the United States, yes, operators could be doing that. They could be going out and drilling new wells and making sure that we don't have a problem uh, with high gas prices from low supply in the future. But in this administration that has said from day one, we want to transition away from your old jobs, and it has taken every action and inaction to make sure that that happens. Well, then you, you can't blame operators for not reinvesting that money in an administration that said they want us to go bankrupt. But Matt, we still have Americans paying five, six, seven dollars a gallon. Okay. And if they were not investing in the future, as a company, why would the price of gas go up so much that Americans that are having to live paycheck to paycheck, 60% of Americans are now using credit cards. They're now using their savings account to just to pay their bills every month. Why are these, why are we having to pay five, six, $7 a gallon and the oil companies making the most money they ever have? I just don't understand it. And a lot of Americans don't, you know, you're right about, a lot of people having to live off of credit cards and empty their savings. And all of those inflationary policies are a direct result of this Biden administration. Well, and several states too, because whenever we look at gas taxes, it is often the states that are, that people are paying the, the higher gas prices that have the highest state gas tax, which is supposed to be used for 
things like roads and reinvestment in infrastructure, but it's not being done. And in states where that have proposed suspending the, the state gas tax, well, a lot of states aren't willing to do that because that's a big revenue source for them. So uh, another problem that we have are bottlenecks in the refineries. And when you look at the refinery on the coast that Saudi Aramco, by the way, took 100% control of in 2017, just 16 years after Saudi Arabia was reportedly involved in the planning and funding of the 9-11 terrorist attacks. They take 100% control of America's largest refineries. When you look at uh, supply, when you look at the control that refineries have over U.S. production by controlling the contracts, well, then we've got a refinery problem, too. That also adds to increased gas prices. Look, we need to take control of our refineries. America needs to control our infrastructure. America also needs to uh, control the supply of our oil and natural gas. You know, you mentioned refineries, and I did some research on this uh, probably a year ago. And as I remember, America now is about 2 million barrels short every day of being able to refine what we need. Uh, and so you're right, we do need new refineries. I think it's been over 40 years since America has built a new one. What what can we expect from the Biden administration when it comes to uh, building refineries, uh, to having more capacity in creating gas to lower gas prices? Because they have, it doesn't appear, it would not appear that they have any aspirations to make that happen. No. The Biden administration, again, you're absolutely right. Despite what Joe Biden or some of his, some people in his administration say, no, we can't expect them to actually follow through and speed up federal permitting. Whenever Joe Biden talks about this, this line about, oh, well, operators have 9,000 permits that they're not using. What he's not telling people is that we don't have the takeaway capacity. We don't have pipelines to get that to refineries. We don't have pipelines to get that to natural gas processing plants. We don't, we don't have the capability to take it away from the field. And then, of course, Joe Biden continues to lie to people and, uh, and blame U.S. operators and American workers for high gas prices. When, in fact, it's his administration that is slow walking permits that shut down production and increase gas prices at the pump and hurt every single American. I wanted to get into this because you hear this all the time from the administration, whether it's the press secretary or whether it is Biden himself, they always go to the permit and the lease and there's 9,000 of them, but there's a little bit more to it than that. Because once there's a permit, then you, or a lease, then you have to go through the permitting process and it becomes just a bogged down mess. Absolutely. And then on top of that, so it takes a lot of different permits in order to be able to bring new wells to production. So Joe Biden is, again, lying to people and talking about the number of permits operators hold and by and not telling people that in addition to those permits, that we have to have pipelines permitted, that we need new refineries permitted. Joe Biden, uh, well, you and I both know, doesn't tell people the truth. Hardly ever. You know, <laughs> you know I, I, I look at him and his incoherency on almost every speech now. 
he's uh, bumbling and mumbling and uh, almost as much as he's stumbling out of Air Force One or up the stairs of Air Force One. And, you know, they have a full-on assault on American energy. And that is something that you represent in the Oil and Gas Workers Association of America. I believe about 46,000 of those workers are a part of your organization, which you started and founded and, and are president of today. What are your challenges right now, uh, not just with Biden, but out in the field with the workers? What What are you seeing on a day-to-day basis? Number one, we're having a hard time hiring people in the oil field. And I'll tell you why. Uh, they're well for a lot of reasons. Number one, a lot of people think that American oil and gas workers, well, they just go out to the field and roll in money. What they don't understand is that the men and women of our industry work hard every day, that it's hard work. Number two, wages. You know, operator service companies are trying to keep from going into a hyperinflated economy. And so service companies and contractors are trying to keep wages above where minimum wage would be, but not uh, contribute to this hyperinflation that we see in economies like Venezuela. You know, we see this upward push for uh, an increased minimum wage from a lot of people who don't understand that every time you increase minimum wage, then employers have to uh, raise prices to eliminate jobs, to reduce the number of hours for those who still have a job, and to cut benefits for those people who still have a job, and that this upward push actually leads to higher gas prices themselves. And so while our industry is being blamed for, for high gas prices, even though it's actually the result of Biden's policies, I hope that people understand that in trying to hold wages at at a reasonable rate, that oil and gas companies are actually doing Americans a favor. And we're still paying five or six dollars a gallon, and they're still making two hundred billion dollars. And I'm I'm still struggling with that, Matt. I I really am. A lot of people do. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of people do. You know, if we were spending right now on new exploration and production here in the United States, they wouldn't have all of those profits. But what they are doing is holding on to their money until we have an administration that doesn't want U.S. operators to go bankrupt, that doesn't want American oil and gas workers to lose their jobs. So, again, whenever we look at profits, remember that those are the direct result of the Biden administration's anti-American oil and gas workers policies. We need to put blame where it goes, and it's not on U.S. operators or American workers. It's on Joe Biden. Okay, I can wrap my head around that a little easier with that answer, Matt. And I know I know. recently you went to East Palestine, Ohio. Can you, can you tell everyone about that trip, what you saw, and what, what your feelings are about that? And, and Man, we got to visit with a lot of Real quick, let me. I think most people that are listening know what happened in East Palestine, but that is the where the train derailment was with vinyl chloride uh, that has a lot of people concerned in that part of the country, uh, just around Youngstown, Ohio, in East Palestine. So, anyway, Matt, sorry to interrupt, but go ahead. No, no, no. And I'm glad that you explained a little bit because not everybody knows. You know, a lot of people have turned off the mainstream media. Unfortunately for them, The mainstream media isn't telling everybody what actually happened in East Palestine, Ohio, or what's happening now. 
So uh, oil and gas workers in the Permian Basin and across the nation coordinated a water drive to send pallets of bottled water to our friends and neighbors in East Palestine, Ohio, and that, that area. And a friend of mine and I drove up the first load, and there are other truckloads of water going to our friends up there. You know, whenever we got up there, we talked with a lot of people who were about a month after the terrain derailment, but they're still scared. The EPA is setting up camp there in town. And I have this one question, which is if there's not a problem, then why are they setting up camp? Um, number two, Biden's EPA chief told people in East Palestine a couple of weeks ago to trust the government. Now, I don't know about you, but I have a real hard time believing anything from the Biden administration. This is the administration that told us, uh, well, you need to get a vaccine because they're safe and effective. And we see side effects from vaccines now, people dying from vaccines. We see this administration has tr has told us, hey, there's not a problem at the border. There has been a problem at the border since Joe Biden was inaugurated, and it's only getting worse. Well, so the people of East Palestine, Ohio, are being told one thing by the administration, and they're being told, no, the, the drinking water is safe, and you know, y'all go ahead and go on about your lives. And they are concerned about future side effects. We talked with a lot of them. And, you know, one thing, Ooh. one thing, uh, Matt, that uh, came out at the beginning, a lot of people kind of blew that up where it could affect the eastern part of the United States. And that part seems to have really died down, which is a good thing, because everything that I read and can find, it's really going to be just right there in that East Palestine area. It's about 30 or 40 miles from Pittsburgh, and really you can't pick up anything in the Pittsburgh media about there being any concerns there, even though it's so close. So that is some good news that we can pass along here on Our Lives and Politics. Go ahead, Matt. You were continuing about East Palestine. No, and I'm glad that you mentioned that because we always want good news for Americans. No matter how we vote or how we feel about some social issues, we're all Americans. Um, and we want the best for every American. You know what a lot of people don't know right now? After people like Harris County Judge Lena Hidalgo protested the shipping of toxic wastewater from uh, East Palestine, Ohio, to Harris County, and other sites around the country protested the shipping of it there for disposal. Well, the EPA made a decision, and I just learned of this while I was in East Palestine uh, this week. That wastewater is now being incinerated right there near East Palestine, Ohio. Now, I talked with a man named Dr. Chalmers who told me, and he's a health expert, he was talking about the difference between vinyl chloride and, say, uh, any other hydrocarbon. He said it's a million times worse what the EPA is doing than if we just opened a pipeline and dumped it on the ground. Because there's obviously a connection to oil and gas. And that's another thing that everybody should be pointing out is that this administration is the most hypocritical administration I've ever seen. You know, they lament some uh, every uh, pipeline spill, they rail, and radical environmentalists in this country rail over very minute things by comparison whenever it comes to our oil and gas industry and scream that we need to shut down oil and gas immediately. But where are the environmentalists right now? I didn't see Greta Thunberg in East Palestine, Ohio. I didn't see Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez there. I certainly have not seen Biden there. And 
Kamala Harris, if the track record holds, will probably visit in about two years. This administration does not care about American workers and families, and that's in addition to taking water. You know, we oil and gas workers know what it's like to be abandoned by the Biden administration. We know what it's like to be on the receiving end of an EPA that's been weaponized against American workers and families, and we wanted to reach out to our friends and neighbors there in East Palestine, Ohio, and tell them we've got your back. Matt, as a result of the Biden administration's decisions when they first took office, how many workers have now been affected in the oil and gas industry in America? Hundreds of thousands. From day one, whenever Joe Biden nixed that final leg of the Keystone XL permit. Now, when you trace it back just to that, the estimate is about 11,000. But when you look at the number of people in this country whose jobs, livelihoods are supported by our vital oil and gas industry, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people's jobs have been impacted by this administration's anti-American oil and gas workers policies. For the future, do you hold out any hope whatsoever for the Biden administration? Yes. You do. That shocked no, me. No, not for the budget. <laughs> See, you know, we have very, very, very little hope that the Biden administration will reverse course and be pro-American worker and family. This administration talks out of both sides of its mouth while it screws every single American at the dinner table, at the gas pump, and on the job site. This administration, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, have left our southern border wide open. And the mass invasion of America impacts every single American. Not to mention that Joe Biden and his administration are hurting our oil and gas industry, which by extension hurts every single American. We're talking about higher gas prices, higher home heating costs. We're talking about higher food prices. Our vital oil and gas industry supported 11.3 million jobs in 2019 and 7.9% of our nation's GDP. When you look back at the Obama-Biden administration, they were the beneficiaries of the Shell Revolution in America and rode the Shell Revolution in our industry to better jobs numbers, increased exports, a growing GDP, and a booming economy. They were not the instigators, but they certainly rode our industry to those numbers. Now, in 2019, and you remember this, we had a president who loved America and fought for American workers. We don't have that with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. You mentioned the Keystone Pipeline, and obviously uh, Biden destroyed that his first week in office. By now, that, that pipeline would be open, and about 800,000 gallons of oil, I believe, would be com- coming through that. Is that daily or weekly or monthly? Do you remember? Anyway, it's a lot of oil. And, and it, would. it is a lot, and I, and I don't remember the exact number, but you make a very good point that had we had uh, had we not had Joe Biden not killed the Keystone XL permit on day one, it would be complete by now, and Americans would be seeing lower gas prices. You know, there's not a there's not a button at the pump whenever you go to pay that asks, did you vote for Joe Biden or did you vote for President Trump? Every American is being hurt at the pump, and Joe Biden is responsible for that because you're right. That Keystone XL would be coming through hundreds of thousands of barrels 
of oil that would lead to lower gas prices. And Joe Biden proves our point every time he releases from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve that more oil is the answer for lower gas prices. You know, and while we're talking about the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, I just want to touch on this because I think everybody needs to understand this point. The Strategic Petroleum Reserve is not to be used to artificially lower gas prices. And in fact, Joe Biden called this a time of war. And I think everybody needs to focus on this one point. Joe Biden is draining our strategic petroleum reserve in what he called a time of war. And not only the oil reserve, but he's also depleting money and weapons with Ukraine-Russia war that is going on. So that's happening also. Matt, I want you real quick to tell where your website is. And again, a little bit about your organization, because I know we have gas and oil workers that listen and family members also, and and maybe just tell everybody where they can find your organization. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I always enjoy being on with you. Oil and Gas Workers Association. You can find us at OGWAUSA.com. And as we work on legislation, fighting back against unnecessary regulations and getting ready to take on radical environmental groups in court, we need your help. We need your support. So go to OGWAUSA.com slash join. And the last thing that uh, I want to talk to you about, Matt, is I know that recently you testified in Texas for the state legislature there. What what were you testifying for? Testifying for Senate Bill 147. Senator Lois Colcourst uh, in Texas introduced Senate Bill 147 to ban China and other hostile foreign entities from buying land. We wanted it to go further. We uh, want an amendment to ban China and other hostile foreign entities from buying, leasing, and investing in, in any other way, taking control of our nation's vast natural resources and all associated infrastructure. In fact, we're working with federal and state legislators in multiple states to pass similar legislation. I know that this is one thing that we can come together about is protecting America's natural resources and utilizing it for the benefit of every American. And it seems like there is some bipartisan activity going on in the U.S. House of Representatives now when it comes to China. So that's good news as well. And Matt, I I really want to thank you for making time to be here on Our Lives in Politics. You know, I have a little bit of a sleeping problem. I tend to wake up at weird times in the morning, 3.30, 4.30. Sometimes I don't even go back to sleep. And a few weeks ago, I saw you on Fox News. I guess it was 4.30 in the morning. And there you were with your hard hat out in the middle of an oil field doing a uh, an interview. So I know that you're always, you're on Fox an awful lot. And so I wanted to thank you for taking the time to share some time with us here on Our Lives and Politics. Man, thank you so much for having us on. Thank you for talking about American oil and gas workers. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to come on and represent millions of hardworking men and women who power the nation, fuel the world, and keep us turning. That's Matt Cody. He is the president and founder of the Oil and Gas Workers Association of America. And while we are talking about energy, you know, the rolling blackouts that you see in places like California, sometimes there is blackouts due to ice storms and other reasons. But you know, national security experts are warning our aging power grid is more vulnerable than ever. January marked the third time a power station in North Carolina was damaged by gunfire. 
and authorities are saying the attack, quote, raises a new level of threat. Authorities are now checking our grid for vulnerabilities, and they've identified nine key substations. If these substations are attacked, power could be knocked out from coast to coast for up to 18 months. A blackout lasting not days, but weeks or months. Your life would be frozen right at that moment. Lights all over the country would go out, throwing people into complete darkness. That's why having your own portable solar power right now is more important than it's ever been. With the Patriot Power Sidekick from 4Patriots, you get a solar generator that doesn't install into your home. It's quick, easy, portable. It's on the go, and you can even put it inside if you want. It's small, about the size of a lunchbox, about 8 pounds, but it's powerful. Powerful enough for your phones, medical devices. It comes with a solar panel. It's free, and it comes with free shipping and a practically unheard of 365-day satisfaction guarantee. And not only that, but you can get 10% off your first purchase just by typing the code out loud at checkout. Just go to 4 and use the code out loud, one word, to get 10% off your first purchase of the Patriot Power Sidekick or anything else in the store. That's 4 Use the code out loud. And we'll have more of our lives and politics in just a moment on the America Out Loud Network. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced Nutrition Company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe. Air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. America out loud beats to the pulse of our nation. We know when you're angry, you're troubled, confused, glad, and thankful. 
Well, we know you because we are you. AmericaOutloud.com. Join us as we explore the most important issues of our time. America Out Loud Talk Radio. The liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to Our Lives in Politics here on the America Out Loud Network. This is the home of great shows like Dr. Peter McCullough, Tony Schaefer, Dr. Paul Alexander, Attorney Tom Renz, and you know one of the best shows, one of my favorites, is Viewpoint this Sunday with Malcolm Out Loud. Last week he happened to have Jim Jordan, which kind of gets us into this part of this hour. And I want to discuss the 118th Congress what expectations are from hearings and from investigations as they have already started on Capitol Hill. And there's also the part of Kevin McCarthy going through 16 votes. He went through 16 votes to get elected as Speaker of the House, and there were some concessions. One of those concessions has been reported that the release of 40,000 hours of January 6th video would happen. Here's the thing about January 6th, especially when it comes to the committee that we heard we saw the Democrats have. It was made for prime time. You know, they could use the video that they wanted. They brought the witnesses they wanted. There was no due process. So do we have the truth? Do we know the truth yet? There has been some truth come out through the trials in Washington, D.C. of some January 6th defendants. Was the FBI involved? Yes, they were, according to Director Christopher Wray, and also to much of the testimony that has come out in the Washington, D.C. trials of January 6th defendants. To what level? I don't know that any of us can answer that yet, because I don't believe that Director Christopher Ray is being honest. So one way to get to the truth would be to see the video. That's something we all want to do. Now, when I dissect this January 6th video release to Tucker Carlson, I do have concerns. Now, when you look at the Twitter files and what Elon Musk did, I think we're up to Twitter files 17 at this point, where it shows the collusion between the government and big social media to silence and censor a population of the people that had a different opinion about a lot of different things, whether it was COVID, whether it was January 6th, whether it was the election. Our government worked with Twitter to silence voices. You can only imagine what Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and Google did. There were 80 FBI agents involved with Twitter. The FBI paid Twitter. So we know this happened from the Twitter files. Now, Elon Musk was very smart in what he did when he released the Twitter files. He didn't use Tucker Carlson. He used left-leaning media people. Uh, Matt Taibbi is one of those. And uh, these, these journalists typically write for left-side media. So from the beginning, you aren't going to debunk what they say because if you're on the left side and the Interceptor and the Rolling Stone journalists are coming out with these stories, you can't really just debunk them on their face because of who the messenger is. So I think it was very smart that Elon Musk used those messengers to help get the truth out about what Twitter did 
in censoring our voices. So now we come to January 6th, and we have Kevin McCarthy, who has now released the information to Tucker Carlson's team, who should be putting together a program to hopefully get the truth out. And part of the problem is going to be the left. And I want you to be prepared and have expectations for what the left is already doing to Tucker Carlson. Let's listen to a piece from PBS NewsHour. And why are they still hiding thousands of hours of surveillance footage from within the Capitol? For months, he asked for access. You can't know whether the Capitol's surveillance cameras pan, tilt, or zoom. And now Tucker Carlson has it. This week, Republican Speaker Kevin McCarthy granted the Fox News host access to 44,000 hours of security footage from Capitol grounds on January 6th. Carlson controls a primetime hour on the most watched cable network. On the basis of a wholly created myth about what happened that day. And has been a megaphone for baseless conspiracy theories that deflect blame from former President Trump, including the idea that rioters on January 6th were actually victims of a government false flag plot. He sees surveillance footage as possible evidence. Our producers, some of our smartest producers, have been there uh, looking at this stuff and trying to figure out what it means and how it contradicts or not the story that we've been told for more than two years. We think already that in some ways it does predict that story. Carlson's words over the last two years reveal the narrative he wants. How many law enforcement agents actively helped January 6th protesters enter the building that day? Some of them definitely did. We know that for a fact. Ray Epps was standing in exactly the same place that a lot of people who went to jail were standing. But he wasn't charged. His name was taken off the FBI's most wanted list. Why is that? But evidence shows that Ray Epps, an Arizona man who was at the Capitol, was telling protesters to calm down. And Carlson's allegation that Epps was working for the FBI has been debunked. USA! USA! Overall, there's no evidence of undercover law enforcement instigating the rioters. Yeah, I, I think the public should see what has happened on day end. In granting Fox News access, McCarthy keeps a promise to hardline members in his conference from negotiations boosted by Carlson himself. If Kevin McCarthy wants to be the speaker, he is going to have to do things he would never do otherwise. McCarthy told the New York Times this week that the tapes belong to the public and he wants sunshine on them. But Carlson is not a neutral arbiter. He has condemned violence, but also defended the motivations behind it. How, for example, did senile hermit Joe Biden get 15 million more votes than his former boss, rock star crowd surfer Barack Obama? Despite raising conspiracies, recent court filings show Carlson and other top Fox News stars didn't believe some of the pro-Trump claims. In text messages, Carlson wrote about a one-time Trump advisor. Sidney Powell is lying, by the way. I caught her. It's insane. Carlson's not the first to access these tapes. They've already been reviewed by the House Select Committee investigating January 6th, last Congress. Republicans accused the group of cherry-picking those clips, and Fox did not air much of its hearings. They are lying, and we are not going to help them do it. Back at the Capitol, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer issued a scathing statement accusing McCarthy of exposing the Capitol complex to one of the worst security risks since 9-11. McCarthy says he intends to grant others access to the video in the future. But until then, it remains an exclusive deal between the leading Republican in Congress and the party's primetime star. Okay, so now you see how they are setting this up prior to anything coming out. Now, that starts things with the media. Now let's listen to some 
of the uh, Democrats in the House of Representatives. Because guess what? They're parroting exactly what that narrative is. Uh, it's one thing to release it, but it's something else to release it to Tucker Carlson, who's a January 6th denier. There's, been, there's no one who's been more relentless in downplaying and denying the insurrection against the United States Capitol than Tucker Carlson. And as far as I'm concerned, releasing the footage to a January 6th denier like Tucker Carlson is as absurd as appointing Marjorie Taylor Greene to the Homeland Security Committee. So there's a sense in which I feel like I'm living in an alternate reality yeah. with Republicans in charge of the House. That is Democrat Richie Torres of the Bronx in New York. And you hear him saying it, the insurrection, the words that they continue to use. Uh, and keep, in, keep this in mind. This was a, quote, insurrection by the group with the most guns in the country. They did not take one gun to the Capitol. That's terrible planning at the beginning. Uh, but again, this is about the truth, right? Don't we want the truth? Shouldn't we always want the truth? Let's go to more Nicole Wallace and let's listen to Representative Lofgren discuss this. Possible motive is of Kevin McCarthy to endanger the lives of people that work in the Capitol, if that's what exposing all of this footage. And again, we don't know what will ultimately be exposed, but if that's what that would do, what motive does Kevin McCarthy have to do that? Well, I, he'd have to answer for his own actions, but I don't think it's appropriate or responsible uh, to be uh, granted unfettered access uh, to a conspiracy theorist who lies to his audience. Uh, clearly, um, we saw, I mean, you can go, you don't have to buy the book. I mean, you can go to the GPO website and see a violent mob attacking uh, police officers, trying to keep them from gaining entry to uh, the Capitol. There's no way to make that look nice, make that look like a tourist visit. Uh, you're right that um, Carlson has repeated the same kind of propaganda that uh, Putin has. And that's a concern uh, that the that kind of propagandist is being uh, granted unfettered access to uh, what could be very sensitive video. Okay, so Tucker Carlson is the most watched program on cable television. What does that mean? Three and a half million viewers. There are 330 million Americans. How is the truth going to get out about January 6th, whatever that truth may be, unless the right messengers are sending it? And as you see, the left is already destroying the narrative of exactly what is going to happen with Tucker Carlson when he releases this information. And it's, it's really a shame, actually, uh, that, that this is going to happen this way. Let's listen to more. This is Representative Dan Goldman. Who didn't even consult with the Capitol Police about the uh, release of these thousands and thousands of hours of surveillance footage, which, you know, not only will provide a lot of uh, footage, but will also provide a roadmap for anyone who wants to understand what kind of surveillance there is of the Capitol in the event that they want to uh, do something nefarious uh, once again. Uh, and I, I think the, the fact that the speaker gave this material to uh, the number one January 6th denier uh, on television, Tucker Carlson, is very noteworthy. Um, I, I'm not sure whether it's the speaker's idea or whether this was part of the backroom deal that he had to make in order to get elected speaker. But it just goes to show uh, how extremist the Republican Party is right now. So if it's in the hands of Tucker Carlson and the associates, 
Would you prefer it now to be open source for everyone? Yeah, I, I mean, I, with proper protocols, I, I actually don't think this should just be released to the public. Um, I think what the January 6th committee did is they had very uh, specific and restrictive protocols on uh, when and how and whether the these materials could be reviewed. The January 6th committee's protocols were keeping anything that would not go along with their narrative of an insurrection. <laughs> That's what they did. They kept those videos away from the public in their prime time show that was the insurrection and the January 6th committee. So you see how things are starting to be put out to the public. And we're talking about the vast majority of Americans here. So how is sunlight ever going to get to January 6th, to the Russian hoax, to all the things that we've been witness to over the last five or six years? Tucker Carlson's going to come out with a story, but you see that they're already saying this is going to be debunked. And why? Because they're all repeating the same messages as they always do. So Julie, I think, hits the nail on the head here when she says this is one of the prices that the speaker will pay for the uh, vote that finally elected him 15 rounds in. It's problematic for a lot of reasons. The security reasons she identifies are clear, but even more so, we're in the middle, we're in, I think, the early days leading into the trial in this Dominion voting machine lawsuit mm. alleging that they were defamed by Fox News, that Fox put forth a knowingly false narrative. And framing this release of footage to Fox in that context makes it more troubling. Hopefully they'll behave responsibly with what's been entrusted to them. Um, I guess we'll see. So you are seeing how the narrative is being set up. And I, want, I wanted to bring that to you. I want you to understand what is happening with the media, what is happening with the Democrats in the House of Representatives. Senators really aren't making much comment about it. This is this is a House of Representatives thing. So be be pay pay attention. Pay attention to this because as it goes forward, you're gonna probably see that this is not going to be much of anything, as most things are, because everything is always debunked. But what does what does Kevin McCarthy have to say about those things? Hand over these January six video to Tucker Carlson. Well, first of all, we didn't hand over anything. Tucker was interested. Well, you've had videos for more than two years. I didn't hear anybody concerned about that when CNN was given exclusive. Um, I know. The audio is terrible there, and I apologize, but I wanted you to hear that. You know, Kevin McCarthy is saying that anybody can have uh, the footage, which is good information. The problem now is that people are, are running from the footage. I just wanted you to be aware of that as this is about to happen. And uh, take, take note. And, and watch what happens as Tucker Carlson comes out with this story. Again, it has to do with the messenger. Uh, Tucker Carlson having it and coming out with it, I don't know that it helps bring sunlight to the things that we really need to have sunlight on, which is the truth. Whatever the truth may be, that's what we want. There is no your truth, my truth, their truth. There is only the truth. And at this point, we don't have the truth. And unfortunately, 70, 80% of the country may never, ever see the truth. I'm going to stay in Congress for a few minutes. This is the 118th Congress, obviously, that I'm talking about. Brand new Republican majority. And Chip Roy is a representative Republican out of San Antonio, Texas. And he made a fiery speech 
And he did it directed to the Republicans. Again, going after leadership in the Republican Congress. There will be no more games as I saw unfold today on the floor of the House of Representatives where lies and misrepresentations were made about legislation specifically for personal reasons to take down an amendment. An amendment, by the way, designed to ensure that the executive orders that are driving up inflation that this majority said they wanted to expose out of the current president and our Democratic colleagues on the other side of the aisle, that they would exempt emergency executive orders, exempt national security-related executive orders, the very kinds of emergency executive orders that have been killing this country for as long as I can remember and specifically for the last several years through the COVID pandemic and emergency responses. Executive orders forcing needles into the people's arms. And if they say no and they can't carry out their livelihoods, shrinking the labor supply, driving up the cost of goods and services by shutting down the greatest economy in the history of the world. My colleagues on this side of the aisle today ran away, ran away from actually holding the executive branch responsible. Why? For petty, personal, political reasons. That ain't going to fly. That's not going to be the way this works. Leadership is something that is observed and followed. It is not an anointed position. We did not come to this chamber to continue to allow the executive branch to run over the American people. We're sitting today is a young man who served his country and is being denied his commanding officer job, being forced to try to pay back student loans because he dared to say no to a vaccine mandate that was politically driven. And what is this side of the aisle doing about it? Not a damned thing. Representative Chip Roy from San Antonio, Texas. And, you know, he's pointing out the Uniparty. When you look at the 118th Congress and you look at conservatives, there are some to look at. And Chip Roy is one of those. Thomas Massey would be another. We had Corey Mills on this very program a couple of weeks ago. He's a freshman, but he's another one to look at. Uh, it is a uphill battle for patriots in the U.S. representatives. And uh, it's unfortunate, but there we're talking about executive orders. And executive orders have been abused now for about 15 or 20 years. A new president, regardless of whether he is a Democrat or Republican or she in the future, when they come into office, they destroy everything the previous administration did, whether it helps someone or not. And you take Joe Biden. What did he do? He killed the Keystone Pipeline. We talked about it earlier. What else did he do? He changed insulin, made it more expensive where people couldn't afford it. And why did he do that? Because now, and Matt Cody talked about this earlier in the hour, now he's fixing that. But for two years, it's cost $800 or $1,000 for people on insulin when Donald Trump had already had an executive order to do it. And I, I use that just to point out that these executive orders that our government, our executive branch is using, really makes them more like kings. And our system was never meant to be that way. It's supposed to go through legislation, which means it goes through the House of Representatives and it goes through Senate and it's passed to the executive branch for a signature or a veto. And we no longer have that. And in this 118th Congress, we just saw, Chip Roy was talking about it, he was talking about 
the Republicans, the conservatives, turning down that executive power. I just wanted you to know that. As we move on to the hearings and investigations on big tech and social media, I don't know if you've been paying much attention to them, but I I try to watch them, and I, I do pay attention to them. And you see a lot of quick video bites of House of Representatives in in uh, the U.S. Congress in these hearings. Uh, they're making they're making sound bites, but there really doesn't seem to be any direction in this investigation, which is led by James Comer, by the way. So I I wouldn't expect much out of that. <laughs> I really wouldn't. And before we get out of here today, I. I want to turn our attention now to the Senate and specifically a couple of Democratic senators because they are missing in action. The first one is going to be uh, Fetterman. John Fetterman, the Democrat out of uh, Pennsylvania, just recently won. He beat uh, Dr. Oz. Remember that back in uh, November? Well, he has come to the Senate. If you remember further back than Dr. Oz, he had a stroke during the primary. The Democrats lifted him up. And they get him to the finish line. He beats Dr. Oz, and then he goes to the U.S. Senate. Well, he has been hospitalized now. And he's hospitalized for clinical depression. His wife takes his family to Canada. So that looks strange. And now people are saying he's brain dead. People were saying he was brain dead before he went to the hospital. They were saying he was brain dead back before the primaries and into the election when Dr. Oz got beat by him. So being brain dead for... Fetterman is nothing new, but clinical depression is something completely different. Somehow, some way, he is able to put forth legislation in the Senate while he is in office. Who is doing that? Do you see do you see what's going on in our government? Who is in charge? Who's putting the bills forth? We see 4,000-page bills that are given to someone to read overnight and then vote on it the next day. These bills aren't being written by people in the House and the Senate. They're being written by staff and lobbyists, and then they're being forced to vote on it. This country is a mess. Senator Dianne Feinstein, she is coming up on her 90th birthday, and she is in the hospital also. So you're missing two Senator Democrats right now being able to vote and carry on the business of the country. And then you look to the top. You look to the leadership, the man signing the executive orders, Joe Biden. And I have said this for a long time, since before the election. If he wins, he will be out by June of his first year. I missed it. I was wrong on that. It wasn't a conspiracy theory. It was just because it appears that cognitively he had lost ability to remember much. (laughs) And that's not getting better. Those of you that know and have had family members know that that's nothing that gets better over time. It gets worse and worse. And we see him mumbling and bumbling. We see him falling up the stairs and down the stairs of Air Force One. You see him unable to answer any questions. Anything off the teleprompter is trouble. And most of the things on the teleprompter are trouble as well. The 25th Amendment would allow the removal of President Joe Biden. And then in the wings, you have Kamala Harris waiting. I'm not painting a very good picture, am I? I'm really not in this half hour, and I apologize. But I want you to be aware of the hearings and investigations, because when you remember back to Benghazi, nothing ever happened. And I I really am afraid that that's what we're going to see from this 118th Congress. We're going to see that again. We're going to see hearings and investigations, and probably for political purpose. 
because of 24. It's right around the corner. And you also see some of the things the Democrats are doing are going to be for political purposes as well. I really try to be positive. I try to stay positive. I try to give you a positive message. As I close out this hour, that's what I'm going to attempt to do. Because we can look at things and we can be overwhelmed. Where do we start? What do we do? There, there are some things we can do. Number one, with the truth. It's something that this network, America Out Loud Network, is constantly and consistently saying. And that's say something. Speak the truth. Don't back down from the truth ever. Be positive and speak the truth to people. And get loud. That's the thing that Malcolm says all the time on this network. Get loud and get busy. So how do you get busy? It's one thing that I advocate for all the time, which is get involved in local politics. It's, it's simple to do, really. And you really should do it. Because it can make such a huge difference. And it may be the only thing that we can do right now to turn this country around. So that we can have a government for the people, by the people, of the people. That's the way it was designed to be. And that's the way it can be again. I do believe that. And I believe it's up to each one of us to take that responsibility, to look where we are, where we have been, and where we want to go. Thank you so much for listening to Our Lives in Politics. You are the best part of the America Out Loud Network, and we're so thankful to have you here. This hour has been brought to you by 4 When you go to 4 use the keyword out loud, and that will get you a 10% discount on your first purchase on anything in the store at 4 And remember, salt without flavor is useless. It's just thrown out on the street to be stepped on. You are the salt of the earth, so be salty. You've been listening to Our Lives in Politics with your hosts Booker Scott and Lou Basada. 